Here's a news flash. Surprise, surprise. Well, look at you. The whole world is watching for my next move. Oh, my God. Times have changed. There are no rules. You're going to love it. Hi, and welcome to Skip Intro, the podcast from Binge, all about the world's best television. Each week, we're here to discuss the biggest new shows on Binge, along with our dinner party recommendations, those shows that we're just super keen to talk to somebody about. My name is John Bowen, here with Ali Herbert-Burns, and together we look after all the great TV and movies that you see on Binge. Ali, we've got two interesting things to talk about this week. What are we jumping into? I almost feel like people are going to get extra, what do you say, lollies in your pack for this because one of the shows we're going to talk about is Music Box. It's a series with lots of individual episodes underneath, which allows us to talk about a few different musicians. And we're talking about a new lifestyle original series called The Repair Shop, uh, which is an Australian version of a very successful British series, which has just started. Awesome. Well, let's open up The Music Box. The great thing about working with Robert is that he knows everything. This is your world. You can do whatever you want to do. Are y'all ready to party? Six documentaries from six different filmmakers form the unique and compelling Music Box collection. From executive producer Bill Simmons, who founded the sports and pop culture site The Ringer, the series explores a diverse range of pivotal moments from within the world of music. Ali, this is kind of an interesting one because they are six different documentary films made by different teams, but sort of curated by the same executive producer and, you know, obviously all around the same theme of music. But it's kind of a, it's it's a unique way to present the films, I guess. Really unique artist as well. And some of them are broader than an individual artist. There's one that we'll probably talk about, about Woodstock, the 90s revival of Woodstock, which featured a whole lot of different acts that played at that music festival, that kind of notoriously um, slammed music festival. <laughs> Yeah, um, disastrous the, music festival. The director of the Woodstock doco said that he used a horror film as the structure to, to make the documentary because it kind of ends so horrifically. So there are six and they're all streaming now on binge. They've kind of rolled out over the last few months, um, but they're all there for you now. There's Woodstock 99, which is about this sort of uh, very problematic music festival that kind of devolved into riots and looting and sexual assaults and lots of things, but it's it's fascinating look at this um, festival and the three days that it took place on. The next one they did was Jagged, which looked at Alanis Morissette and her sort of groundbreaking album and everything that's happened to her as an artist. The next one was about uh, DMX and it was called DMX Don't Try to Understand, which was about uh, the rapper DMX and um, his time following his release from prison. And before his death. The next one is my favourite, but we'll get to it in a second, uh, is Listening to Kenny G. And this is an interesting look at an artist that you're certainly aware of, by his name at least, but I knew nothing about him as a person or his sort of bigger role in music and where he kind of sits as an artist. So I found that fascinating. The next one is a relatively local story. It's Mr. Saturday Night, um, which is about the Australian entrepreneur, Robert Stigwood, who managed Eric Clapton and the Bee Gees and was responsible for the film Saturday Night Fever and sort of reinventing the recorded soundtrack for films and things like that. And the last of the films in the first season of Music Box is called Juice World Into the Abyss, which is about the sort of life and legacy of a very young artist known as Juice World who sort of rocketed up to superstardom by the age of 18 and then tragically died within a few years of that. So yeah, really diverse range of topics, range of time periods. One of the comparisons that did come to my mind as I was watching these was the 30 for 30 strand alley, which is those ESPN ESPN sport docos, which 
originally started as 30 docos, but now is they've made a bunch. And it's similar in that it was all these different documentaries kind of made under this 30 for 30 brand. Even as not a big sports fan, you can like absolutely dip into some of these stories because they're human stories or they're like social history stories. They're just sort of in the world of sport. And I think Music Box is kind of like a 30 for 30 for music. If you have an interest in Kenny G or DMX or Juice World, of course you want to watch these. But if you also just like documentaries or like history, the music is just kind of the setting as well. So yeah, I wouldn't be limited by your maybe interest or knowledge of some of these artists. Because like I said, I found the Kenny G one to be fascinating. And if you'd asked me prior to watching this, what I knew about Kenny G, I'd be like, the flute guy? I thought he was a saxophone. No, he is. But I'm saying prior to the documentary, I didn't even know what he played. or what he was. saxophone. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good shout because... I mean, I I gravitated to the ones that were more probably reflective of my age. So the Woodstock one from the 90s and Alanis Morissette, but I really liked how they told, it it wasn't kind of just like a historical story of this is everything you need to know about this person. It wasn't like a normal kind of bio. Woodstock, it's telling you about a movement and what was also happening around the time and who attended and why it deteriorated into a bit of a disaster festival. Alanis Morissette was really interesting because it talks about her success, but also what was happening on her in her life and a lot, a lot about her backstory as well, going on the road and, and how the fame came. So it's, got, it's kind of like the impact of the musical or their story around them. I would say one of the other sort of threads that runs through them all is kind of the level of access or footage that they get. They talk to Kenny G, they talk to Alanis Morissette, or they talk to people that were actually there, actually involved. These aren't just talking head historians talking about a moment in history. Like it's really good access that they've gotten. And it has been renewed for season two. So there's more stories coming. I can't wait to hear what artists they cover as they do more of this. Well, yeah, it's obviously, that's like just unending stories to tell about the industry. I just thought it was fascinating. And I did like that The New Yorker actually called out listening to Kenny G as one of its favourite films of 2021, like of any film, which I, f- I found pretty impressive. Wow. Which I think just speaks to kind of the quality of these productions. Well, love music, love a good doco. So this sounds like a good collab, if to, to steal your word, John. All six installments of Music Box are streaming now on Binge and looking forward to what season two explores. He's just sort of part of the musical furniture of American culture. It's just wallpaper. With Kenny G's music, what can you say? How are you feeling? Underappreciated in general. Based on the UK series of the same name, The Repair Shop Australia has opened its doors. Hosted by Dean Ipovitz and featuring a team of skilled craftspeople, each episode sees beloved family heirlooms restored to their original condition, along with the, at times, tear-jerking stories behind the objects. Oh my God. That's great. It's beautiful. Oh my gosh, it's working. It's just like it was when I was a kid. Doesn't that look amazing? It's fantastic. Wow. <laughs> Ali, this is like Bake Off meets Antiques Retro meets like Who Do You Think You Are? It hits on a lot of really interesting things, doesn't it? It does. It's really familiar. There's a series we've got called Making It, which is where people are like artisans in a barn and they're given challenges a little bit like Bake Off. And I think this is more probably most like that. It's kind of set in this lovely country barn. It's a really familiar format or a university getting dropped in. And like you said, Antiques Roadshow, you've got people bringing sentimental treasures that matter to them or mean something in their family that are not working. Um, So rather than coming to an expert like you do an Antiques Roadshow to get a valuation or a history behind the piece, 
this is almost bringing a piece that needs to be salvaged and saved. So the experts, rather than having a competition format where people are there competing against each other to repair something, you have five different experts that have unique skills or craftsmanship. These experts are like such experts in their specific field that as soon as they see the item, they're like, oh, this was popular in the 1890s and, you know, families used to trade it for this and blah, blah, blah. So you also get like a context of what the object meant at the time that it was around as well, which I think is fascinating. So it's like actual history, like personal family history, and then the actual like craft of repairing these objects. So it's hosted by Dean, who's the sort of builder carpenter by trade, um, but the other experts are a metal worker, a leather craftsman, a horologist, which is a, like a clock maker, a furniture restorer, a jeweler, and an electrician. So obviously based on what object the person brings in, it's then handed off to one of these experts to bring back to life. So in the first few episodes, there's a fire damaged necklace, there's a broken clock that hasn't you know run in 70 years or something. There's an antique train set, which has obviously been handed down by family member to family member and is now with this sort of adorable young kid but there's also rocking horses and sewing machines and dollhouses and wedding rings and yeah so it's the whole gamut of sort of family heirlooms which I think is also what makes it so relatable everybody has something that their family has been handing down for years it's actually tapping into a sentiment that I think that's really relevant right now which is upcycling and you know not buying something new like you know, being able to have something and make it better, it's better for the environment. But then you've got the connection to family, which I think is really special here. People want to have things that are unique and not necessarily just all cookie cutter or something that you get fast and quick delivered from the shop. You can imagine how these pieces are going to be playing a role in the family's lives. Like the story of the family with the clock, you know, the son brings it in and it's his father's clock, but the father, when he was a young man, broke the clock and has been kind of heartbroken that for so long the clock hasn't worked. And then when the father finds out that the son been getting this clock fix for him and he says you know my son will get this when I die and gosh who knows who he will pass it on to but there's that sense of meaning that goes beyond the upcycling so it's interesting because you see lots of experts you get the reveal at the end of the episode of something before and after which I think everyone always loves but you get it across a couple of different stories that are in each episode so it's a really nice balance and uplifting and positive. This is a like a juggernaut in the UK. Um, it's actually started out as a daytime show that the BBC played in the afternoon and it was so popular that it moved into primetime. They've made nearly 200 episodes in the UK and it's going as strong as ever. So yeah, the format really seems to, to resonate in the UK and I have confidence that Australians are going to feel exactly the same. And we've got the British episodes as well. Yeah, we've got the latest season of, of the UK version up so you can fill the gap in between the new Australian episodes. So plenty of repair shop for you to explore. I met Dean the other day at a screening event and he was saying just how many more interesting people will come as the season rolls out and more stories and interesting pieces as well. Some quite unique pieces of furniture we'll see. And our viewers at home will see that we've got a carousel on Binge called Shows My Mum Really Likes and the repair shop shop is featured in that and we're talking about John's mum here. It's specifically <laughs> my mum is who that John's carousel is John's mum shows to. and yeah. how else that might reflect other mums that are yeah. around the place. <laughs> might not reflect everyone's mother's taste. She's got it good was... taste, John. You must be giving us some good tips. She's got Somebody Somewhere, which is one of our favourite shows of the year. This is Going to Hurt, which we equally love. Bit of Curb Your Enthusiasm. We love Escape to the Shadow. We've talked about that here. Love Me, well, hello, we love Love Me. 30 Rock, Hotel Portofino. Surely you told her to watch Avenue 5. 
mum is listening to the podcast. Hi, mum. Hi, John's mum. <laughs> Silent witness, mayor of East Town. Yeah, good, good TV taste runs in the blood. Yeah, I got the TV taste from my mum, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and but then we've got a carousel called Shows My Dad Loves. Which carousel is more popular? Are our mums or our dads watching more TV, John? It's actually been pretty neck and neck. I have been tracing them just to see if, you know, one of my parents' TV tastes was going to do better than the other. But they're pretty even at the moment. Very different tastes in television, but that's why they both got their own carousel. See, people, it's it's humans and robots that, that <laughs> dictate what you get to see on Binge. Humans, There's robots... Hum- and parents. And parents, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. Well, repair shot, heartwarming, uplifting, um, and you'll learn a little bit as well. So, yeah, it certainly made me think, oh, what are a few other things in the house I could maybe salvage and keep? So episodes are rolling out weekly of The Repair Shop Australia. You've already got three that you can watch right now. Otherwise, new episodes dropping each Tuesday on Bit. What have you got for me? I have my, my mum's dad's old twin set. I think it's the best chance I've got to see if we can get a functioning loco. I'm hoping that we can take enough spare parts off that to see the fine Scotsman run again. Dinner party recommendations. What are the hidden gems or things on Binge that you think people need to give a go? So I've been thinking about this for a while and we talk about hidden gems a lot. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, what's the definition of a hidden gem? So I think I found a pretty good example of like a classic hidden gem. Mm -hmm. This show has a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes, has universal acclaim on Metacritic. It's absolutely beloved. And I'm not sure we could find a dozen people (laughs) (laughs) that have watched it. Mm -hmm. I certainly have not met another human in person who has watched it, but that's why we're going to talk about it. So maybe we can get some more people watching it. I feel like you have no idea what I'm talking about. I have no idea. I'm excited. 100%. You had me at 100%. So this is a comedy docu-series and it is executive produced by Nathan Fielder, Mm -hmm. who people will know from Nathan for you. Nathan for you. And this show is called How To with John Wilson. Much like in real estate, uh, Location is everything when you're making small talk. You could pose the same question in two uh, different environments and receive wildly different answers. You could ask a question to a philosopher. Do you think mankind is going to make a comeback? I hope so. If we can survive the perils of climate change, inequality, and uh, um, the fantastic weapons of destruction we've created for ourselves. But that same question uh, might get a much different answer at WrestleMania. Do you think mankind is going to make a comeback? No, not tonight. He fell off too many hell in the cells. We've got the entire first season, which is these six half-hour episodes, and basically each episode is framed as a tutorial into some aspect of life. And it's all sort of driven by this point of view of a documentary filmmaker who is this John Wilson character who is holding the camera. You never really see him in the show, but you're seeing everything through his point of view. And it's very guerrilla-y filmed. It's quite lo-fi. You start this episode with a topic of like how to make small talk or how to split the check or how to cook the perfect risotto. And then it kind of just like derails and takes unexpected twists and you're introduced to these random characters and it ends up being sort of like mildly profound and all the episodes end up sort of just being this exploration of like human nature. Um, But they all start with this concept of like how to improve your memory or how to cover your furniture. And and then it's just in within 25 minutes, you end up completely somewhere else and it's fascinating and it's really well done and it's compelling but it's also a hard thing to sell which I think is why not that many people have watched it but critics rave about it if Nathan for you is of any interest to you then I think you'll kind of get what I'm talking about but yeah very interesting comedy doco series real funny profound 100% Rotten Tomatoes 
check it out. Awesome. Well, one of my very good friends, Simmons, shout out to him if he's listening. He will be joining you, John, as one of the 12 people that you think has watched this series. But um, <laughs> very rave by those that watch it. So, Leah, let's get more people viewing. Okay, well, I've got quite a different one today. I'm actually going to talk about a film because we talk about every week, you know, having the world's best shows and we have so many to talk about. And then we have cool docos. We often don't talk about films. Binge has thousands of films and we have them from nearly every Hollywood studio, Independence, The Brits, Foreign Language. So there's a really great collection. We have them on the homepage. If you scroll down, we have kind of curated carousels, but we also, if you dive straight into the movies tab at the top, much more coverage as well there for specific movie lovers. But I wanted to call out The Black Klansman, um, which is a 2018 film from Spike Lee. It's been around for a while, but I just thought there's a really great Spike Lee documentary that we have, Epicenters a spikely joint um, which is almost his view of how New York has been at the center of American history you know through two major events in the world of recent times being 9-11 and then COVID also highly recommend if you want to watch that there's five or six episodes but yeah The Black Klansman is brilliant it stars John Washington and we actually have a lot of other things that he's been in including Ballers and Tenant but he is of course Denzel Washington's son but the other brilliant actor who I love that's in but Klansman is Adam Driver and this is the story of the first um, African-American detective but they infiltrate the Ku Klux Klan and it's just a, a brilliant view on racism and helps you understand maybe what is going on maybe not completely help you understand but certainly talks to why we are where we are with Black Lives Matter and the police force and really systemized embedded racism throughout both the police force but America as well so brilliant film. Was nominated for a ton of Academy Awards um, at the time, including Best Picture and Director and Supporting Actor, and um, looks like it won Best Adapted Screenplay. So yeah, controversially in the year of those Oscars, I think the Green Book won, but a lot of people felt that this was robbed and it should have taken home Best Film and Best Director. That's my film. Have you seen that, John? No, I haven't, but I will add it to my watch list. Awesome. And of course, for Adam Driver fans out there, we talked about it a few weeks ago, but you've always got hundreds of episodes of Girls to keep you entertained as well. There's never been a black cop in this city. We think you might be the man to open things up around here. This is Ron Stallworth calling. Well, who am I speaking with? This is David Duke. Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. That David Duke? God. Last time I checked. This week on Skip Intro, we talked about The Repair Shop Australia. We discussed the documentary film collection Music Box. I suggested that you check out How To With John Wilson. And Ali suggested the Spike Lee film Black Klansman. All of these are streaming for you right now on Binge, which of course you can find on your favourite device. My name is John Boehm, joined every week by Ali Herbert Burns. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast was produced by Dan Barrett with audio editing and mixing by Chris Yates. And we'll be back with more next week. Mm-hmm.